really think it's important that people look at their whole life, not just that one thing that they've originally come to me with. But again, I will check with them. Are you happy to look at your whole life, your work life outside work and your life within work when we start our coaching together? And everybody has always said, you know, yes to that. Thank you for joining me today. This is Joseph Grech, coach, trainer, and founder of Become Coaching and Training. And today I'm your host on this podcast. In today's episode, I am in conversation with Marie Patterson. Marie is ICF trained, and she calls herself a well-being trainer and coach. And this intrigues me because I am really curious to understand, first of all, what well-being coaching is truly all about, but also how she consolidates her training and coaching work. Finally, I'll also want to find out a little bit more what recommendations she has for other aspiring coaches, particularly those who want to develop themselves in health and well-being coaching. So, Mary, how, how are you doing today? Um, very well, thank you, Joseph. Good, um, good. I'm really happy to see you on the podcast today. Uh, well it's a lovely sunny day here so that's always cheers you up doesn't it Um, yeah it does it does although there's a little bit of rain coming through here so you know it's it's probably better over there in scotland than down here (laughs) it's it's pretty nice to look out the window blue skies a little bit of fluffy clouds nice nice so thank you as well for accepting you know to be on the podcast um and we're going to be talking about all sorts of things around you know well-being uh, you also have your own course as well that I'd love to find out a little bit more about. So, so shall we start? That would be fantastic. And thank you for asking me along. So Marie, as a starting point, I think it might be useful for us to go through a little bit in terms of what you do um, in this area of wellness, because you do coaching and training, right? Um, yeah, so I'm by background, uh, very originally, I was a biology teacher, um, then just through changing life moving etc i then i ended up in the health service in staff development and organizational development so really over a period of a long time got to work one-to-one with people um Mm -hmm. did lots of training but really started to understand some of the challenges that people were facing when they had a really busy life when they had a busy job you know a busy home life Um, so then a couple of years ago i left the health service and set up on my own to really so that I could spend all my time focusing on that you know so that I could help people because I knew there was a lot of people out there who were actually doing really well in their lives you know they they had a very successful job they had a successful family but there were still some skills that they were missing um that Mm. you know they weren't taught at school um they didn't learn when they were at university and I think there's a lot out there that people can use to make life easier so I think for me it's all about making life easier and you set up your own consultancy, focusing on coaching and training. Um, and you call yourself a well-being trainer and coach, right? Yeah. Great. It took a little while for that to evolve. Because um, mm. I started off very much doing consultancy. You know, I had my coaching qualification at that time. So I was really doing both of those. But I also wanted to develop some workshops. Because, you know, I, whilst I wouldn't want to run workshops every day, um, I do love doing them, you know, on a regular basis. And I yeah. just love that sort of interaction I suppose it goes back to being a teacher at heart you know my first career as a biology teacher so it combined the the teaching which I love to do 
um, but also with with helping people. And so coaching, you know, you know, as you know, Joseph, is really about helping people to to make progress, to to develop, to set and reach goals. Mm. So the training sort of combined a bit of both of those things, yeah. really. Let's start perhaps focusing a bit more on the well-being side and the kind of the well-being for co- coaching for well-being rather. What is it as a starting point? What is well-being coaching? Well, I'm not totally sure there's a real clear definition. I'm sure that if you ask lots of people who did that, they'd have some other definitions of it. But for me, um, it very much evolved out of the training that I developed myself when I, mm-hmm. when I set up my own business and the fact that I was also coaching. So for example, then when I was coaching and somebody had an issue perhaps with nutrition or with sleep or something, I, you know, would say, you know, if it's okay, can I offer you some, some information about that? You know, I would take off my coaching hat effectively and put (laughs) on my training hat. And I always made that really very clear. So as time went on and as my coaching, my pure coaching developed, I found that I was actually doing a bit of, not a lot, but a bit of, you know, teaching or training, if you like, within the coaching. So as I was trying to sort of narrow down, uh, you know, what I did so that I could explain it more easily to people, and yeah. the phrase that kept coming to mind was that I'm a well-being trainer and coach. Mm. So how do you consolidate the two? Because I mean, when we think about coaching and training, they're essentially, although they are related disciplines, uh, training is very much so information giving, you know, the agenda is perhaps set by the trainer facilitator while coaching is very coachy driven how do you consolidate the two together yeah absolutely and i think that's why i would always say to someone you know well i always give in my introduction when they find out about me and you know that i am a well-being trainer as well and i say to them i might you might find that i offer you some well-being information during our coaching is that something you're interested in so setting that as a clear expectation in the contracting right at the front Mm -hmm. so that but, and then if the time is right, or if it's appropriate within a coaching session, I might offer some something. So, for example, I do use ACT therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy in my coaching. Yeah. But I would always make sure that I offer that. And I don't just launch into it. You know, I will say, right, I have, you know, I maybe do have a technique that might help you. Would you be interested in finding out a little bit more about that mm. at the moment or whatever? So that so, approval from the coachee as well before absolutely. suggesting anything. Yeah. So they've always got that option to say no. I suppose it's quite hard sometimes to say yeah. no. So I'm, I'm very conscious of that as well, that it's not easy for a coachee to turn around to the coach and say, no, I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm careful. I, I recognize that. And I mean, I could easily have a number of sessions with a coachee that I never offer any information. It's sure. all about you know, pure coaching, really, you know, the, the, the questions that help them to get deeper understanding to maybe challenge their thinking, etc. Just mm. regular coaching, if you like. I have a couple of questions, Mary, about um, what you mentioned, if that's okay. I think yeah. the first one, well, so what kind of clients do you normally get? Well, I suppose not surprisingly, perhaps the fact that I worked in the health service for 16 years, lots and lots of my clients are within the health service. Um, Occasionally somebody who I've known before, but more often a referral from somebody I've known before. Mm. So um, so I do quite a bit of coaching with people who've worked or work in in the health service. And do you see any, perhaps without breaking confidentiality, of course, do you see any any particular themes or uh any kind of uh reasons why people might ask for your support um 
no, I don't know that there are particular themes, but I suppose one of the main ones is that it is quite a busy, pressurized job, you know, yeah. and, and a very, well, you know, we, oh goodness, we're, you know, it's, they're at the forefront of our minds at the moment, the, the staff of the health service. And it, it can be a very busy, hectic job, especially the, the sort of more senior level. Um, there's a lot of juggling of, you know, home life and maybe it shifts or whether it's just so much um, work to do. And, and the fact that they're very passionate about it. And so it can be harder to leave that type of job out the door when you go when you go home you know you mm -hmm. do tend to take it with you if you're and if you're senior in any organization i don't think it's you know it certainly isn't a you know apply just to the health service mm -hmm. but anybody who's got um you know what my mother would call a big job <laughs> <laughs> um you know can need a bit of support sometimes. yeah, yeah. Um, you know. And, and also often they're really helping people so actually i, I, I was coaching someone there recently and they said, oh, it feels a little bit sort of, you know, indulgent to, to have coaching. And mm. I said, well, you know, you, you're helping people all the time. So why not just absolutely enjoy that this is all yeah. for you? Yeah. yeah, spend an hour on you. The other, the other thing that I'm intrigued by, uh, if we can go back to this coaching training, it's something that, yeah. you know, I personally quite enjoy talking about. So how is there a specific, you mentioned that at times you might find yourself making a suggestion, you know, with the client's permission. Have you got any examples where that could be appropriate? Um, right. So, for example, um, I had somebody who uh, was had had quite a few sort of interviews or presentation type things when they were really nervous, mm -hmm. and that had seemed to be getting worse and worse. Mm. And that was one of the reasons for coming to speak to me. Okay. Um, so, then, so then I offered some act um, therapy mm. yeah. sessions and um, examples. So um, the, the technique of, you know, visualizing where your emotion is within your body and really trying to describe that and then mm. just sitting and breathing around that and just giving it some space, um, you know, called expansion. And just to give them a technique that when they felt those nerves coming on the next time, that it was something that they could do and yeah. sort of encourage them to practice that in the meantime. Yeah. And um, yeah, that, that seemed to be very successful. I guess if you're saying somebody's come to you and they've got that or they're talking about a specific issue like that, then just to sort of send them away to find out lots of different techniques that might help can maybe seem, you know, to take too long when they've got sure. something coming up in a week or two that, you know, is going to, whereas I can give, you know, if I can give them a technique that might yeah. work for them, yeah. it might not, of course. But, um, but on this occasion, it absolutely did. So uh, that was great. That's good. That's good. And it's also what you're being perhaps a little bit, more, uh, you know, what you're suggesting there is not necessarily the outcome as such, but a tool or a process or something that they can practice that will help them to get there, which is very different from saying, you know, you should definitely try, you know, you should try to do this. So would you also say, because for me, when I, when I think of, you know, well-being coaching, I think of a very holistic approach that perhaps taps into you know you mentioned nutrition but it might tap into stress or you know work-life balance and a few different areas of somebody's life mm -hmm. am i correct what do you think yeah well i mean like many people with coaching i i start off our conversations with a wheel of life you know which really mm -hmm. does encompass your whole life and i um really think it's important that people look at their whole life not just that one thing that they've originally come to me with but again I will check with them are you happy to look at your 
whole life, your work life outside work and your life within work when we start our coaching together. And everybody has always said, you know, yes to that. Mm. Um, so it, and sometimes it means that we, we, you know, after that conversation, we still are really focused on that job issue. Um, but at least I have the context of their life and they've talked about their life and how mm. it links in with that. Um, but sometimes we actually might do quite a lot of focus on something that wasn't that original thing that they came for coaching yeah. for, because actually that's really key in, in terms of helping them to to move forward and to make progress. Um, so, you know, that, you know, I think a lot of coaches actually do start with the whole of, of someone's life. Mm. And so I think it's not unusual then or not really that different as a well-being trainer to and um, coach to, you know, actually focus on the whole of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in a way, I mean, I'm also quite intrigued to understand how, you know, have you got a set program? Do you typically do one-off sessions? Um, how do you work? So I mainly work over a sort of six session uh, program, like, uh, again, like lots of people, I think, um, the way I was <laughs> trained. And I, so I'll start off with a slightly longer session for the first one, just so that we can really embrace the, the wheel of life. Mm. And then we'll have five one hour sessions after that. I usually like to do my first session and then have a second one reasonably quickly, maybe a couple of weeks later. Okay. And then usually about a month, but sometimes they get pushed back because, you know, people take time to do the actions between the, the sessions. Mm. So that's one model, mm -hmm. but I also do a bit of power coaching. So I've had some people, what I call power coaching. So I've had some people <laughs> who'll come for an hour and a half on a particular issue um, that they, they don't want to do lots of sessions, but they, they just want a short, sharp help mm. with something. today's episode, I am in conversation with Marie Patterson, who is a well-being trainer and coach. And I've really enjoyed our conversation talking about what well-being is and also how Marie uh, puts together her well-being coaching and training programs. I'm intrigued to find out more, particularly any tips that she might have for other um, coach trainees out there and anyone interested in well-being and health coaching. So keep on listening. So we talked about a few different things. We talked about well-being. Um, we also talked a bit more about it. Yeah programs that you do perhaps from from the point of view of what informs your coaching practice so i'm thinking you mentioned act earlier for example you said you use it quite a lot are there any specific frameworks or just broader ideas that have really made an impact in your coaching well i suppose for me it all goes back to when i was given a copy of the seven habits of highly effective people uh 16 more 17 yeah, years what ago. a great book that is oh, isn't it <laughs> absolutely and i and i then trained to deliver um that course and i delivered it to i don't know, certainly over 500 probably over 600 people um over a, a period of 10 10 years um and so i, I i've always got that as a sort of core of life mm. skills training if you like or personal development training plus in lots of other books I, I love the success principles um, mm -hmm. by Jack Canfield I'm influenced by 
lots of other people, mostly taking bits from them, you know, not everything. Yeah. We'll never agree, agree with all of it, but there's certainly some sort of um, uh, inspiring work, you know, works out there. And I've got this massive library of, <laughs> of self-development, <laughs> I'm calling it uh, self-development books, etc. Um, so, so there's that, there's the sort of more scientific medical side of the health aspects. So, you know, good nutrition, good exercise, sleep, um, lots of the evidence-based stuff now around mindfulness, like mm -hmm. ACT, you know, very evidence-based now. Um, so my framework, I developed my own framework. I have a, a course, an online, it's online now, but it was a workshop in person called My Map Our Future, helping mm -hmm. you find the map to your future. And so that has a eight-section framework that looks at various aspects of the whole of life. So mm. it's based on those sort of development stuff, plus also... As I say I have a you know certificate in nutrition, I have a certificate in exercise for older adults. So I'm always learning, learning about what's the latest evidence coming out around these aspects that help us to have a healthier life. Yeah. You also mentioned, uh, you mentioned that you've got your own um, course, online course, that you used to deliver it face-to-face uh, -face and now it's online. Um, and you mentioned it's quite holistic as well. Can you perhaps tell me a bit more about, is there any coaching involved in that? How does it work? Yeah, so... Um, it was, well, and it still will be, I think, when uh, life goes back to being able to do things in person, um, a two-day workshop, although I have a version that's one day as well. Um, mm -hmm. And I then, during at the beginning of the lockdown, I was already in the process of starting to convert it to a self-directed online course. So I, um, you know, I pushed on with that and uh, learned all the skills I needed to to get that into out there into the online world. So mm -hmm. So it is an eight-week um, self-directed course, and it takes about an hour a week. It's not, you know, massive amount of time. And basically, it, it works with me saying what I would in a in a workshop, um, right? And then also asking questions by people answering questions that are in their workbook. You know, so that's so they really still do all of that deep work, answering you know, challenging questions, answering open questions. Um, so in a way, it's a bit of a directed self-coaching um, mm -hmm. to some extent. So that's so I have that available. But I also do some um, there's an option to have attend some Zoom calls. So I do 30 minute Zoom calls twice a week where we, we chat well-being. <laughs> so uh, whatever's catching my eye or whatever, mm. you know, some, or maybe somebody in the call might be interested in. Um, and then I also offer one-to-one -one coaching with on top of that as well. So just 30 minute, eight 30 minute sessions so that we can go a little bit more deeply if somebody's got some queries around, um, you know, particular aspect or something. Mm. So I've been doing a little bit of that. So some people just like to go a little bit deeper. Um, I guess that's a nice example of how to consolidate that wellness training and wellness coaching. So somebody could attend a course and just get the training side of it mainly, even though yeah. they might be doing some personal development work or self-development through the workbook. If they wanted to, they could also opt in for the coaching sessions. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And that's why I think, you know, say I do always have that sort of coaching hat on that does say, you know, here is some evidence. But also it recognises that humans are, you know, we're really complex creatures, aren't we? We know fine most of the time what we should be doing mm. in all sorts of different things, you know, from our well-being point of view. But we don't do it, you know, and that's and so there's the psychology of that and there's the understanding of what makes us human and why we're not, you know, incre incredible, perfect 
you know, beings. Um, and one of the things I say throughout my course is this is not about being perfect. You know, you just can't, yeah. even though we might know the theory, what's stopping us putting into practice. Yeah. So then you do need all those coaching questions like, well, you know, what are the barriers to that? What has prevented you from doing that in the past? When have you tried it before? You know, mm. so there's a lot of things that you can bring to that information to work out. Is this person likely to make that to actually make a change based on that information? Yeah. And what are the barriers to it? And, and what you know, how can they make it happen much more easily or and to take away a bit of that guilt of sometimes a feeling that, well, we're not doing everything right. Well, none of us are. So <laughs> let's, mm. not, let's not beat ourselves up. And I'm also you know, big into the evidence base around self-compassion and being kind to yourself and how it's actually proven that if you're the kinder you are to yourself, you're actually more likely to do the right thing. So, Marie, you've got loads of experience you know, working with trainees, you know, working with coaches. Um, are there any tips that you would say you could share with us? Um, I suppose thinking back to my, when I was learning to be a coach um, mm -hmm. and, and where I am now, not that many years later, but I guess at that time I was building on a lot of work. I had already been a mediator, done a counseling skills course. But even then I remember sitting, you know, one of my first sessions that I was having to do in the training <laughs> and my heart's like pounding and my brain had just gone to mint. you know I really couldn't think of a single thing and all I could think of was I'm sort of half listening to this person who's talking to me and the rest of my brain is going what on earth am I going to say what on earth am I going to say and you know obviously the the training is what helps to you to get to the point where you've got some idea of what to say but I do think I spent the entire first few days panicking that I would never know what mm. to say but you know, if when you get over, when you do get a little bit further progress with that, you just know that actually, if you're a human being who's really interested in other humans and you don't become a coach unless you are, then you will, I think, instinctively feel and follow the things that are important. Now, you won't always get it right, but if you just relax and listen to your curiosity mm -hmm. or listen to where your attention is drawn, and then ask an open question to get a little bit more information. If you're ever in any doubt, just say, tell me more about that thing that you said a minute ago when you mentioned whatever. Mm -hmm. And then sit back and keep quiet and, and allow those pauses to happen. Don't be tempted to jump in if they don't answer straight away. Because if you've asked them a good question that they've not thought of before, they're going to need a little bit of thinking mm. time. Um, so, so really, yeah, go with your, your instinct, listen to your curiosity and allow the coach then to, to speak more. And you know, you've done a good job when you've not said a lot in the coaching session and the coach has, the coach, he has talked and talked and talked, um, but, or, but really come up with some light bulb moments and, mm. gone, you know, ah, I didn't think of that or I'm really, I'm going to do more around that or whatever. So That's... That, that would certainly be. So, you know, for any new coaches who are listening to this, don't panic that you think, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm really struggling to know what to say. If you, it will come with yeah. practice, like anything you need a lot of, pra you know, you do need practice at it. And is that, because I, I fully agree with you around that. And I think it's so important for me, it all stems from presence. You know, if you're present, if you're truly present with the person, then you are going to listen well. You're going to feel more relaxed. You're going to ask a question that is, that stems out of your curious nature. Um, but is there anything that you, because I can understand that, 
And similar to what, you know, we were talking about earlier, that you might know something, but it takes a bit of time for it to truly land and to really embody that feeling. Is that something that you do to get to that stage of, you know, do you do any relaxation or breathing? Or is it on the spot that you think of something? Is there anything that kind of grounds you? Um. I don't think, no, I don't do any sort of breathing or relaxation. Oh. Maybe I ought to, that should be how I start. <laughs> um, I think I, because I love coaching so much, I'm always excited, you know, I'm more actually excited to meet with my coachee and to oh. connect with them. And, uh, you know, once we're a few sessions down the line to find out how they're, how they're getting on and, you know, what progress that they've, they've made. Um, so I think it just goes back to, you know, just saying just to try and relax, I guess, you know, and maybe, maybe doing some for some people doing some breathing and so on would mm-hmm. be really helpful around that yeah it's certainly something that I do as well um, in my coaching you know just to ground myself so we're reaching the end of the podcast Marie and I just want to thank you once again thank you so much for being here with us and it was really interesting to hear a little bit more around for me what's I'm still thinking about this idea about well-being coaching actually in a way is not too far from you know coaching in general I think that's big learning point yeah certainly the way I do it anyway it's definitely not far and as I say I can have you know many sessions where I'm not direct at all or I don't you know give any information at all it is mm. all the very um, true pure coaching well it's certainly been great hearing how you consolidate the two and what um, what I really like is that you are very clear on the boundaries between the two as well and the way that you present them to your coaches. So so thank you once again uh, Marie and uh, we'll see you soon. podcast by Become Coaching and Training Limited. If you have enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate us on your favorite podcast provider. We are available on all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts as well. So until the next episode, I want to wish you health, happiness and I'll see you soon.